He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. This morning, I want to speak to you about daughter, don't be silly. Second Timothy chapter 3, reading from verse 5. It's talking about the last days, and it's saying that the last days, perilous or difficult times shall come. And then it gives us various manifestations that men will have in the last days. And it says in verse 5 that many will have a form of godliness, but they'll deny the power thereof, and that we are to avoid such people. Then verse 6, which is our key verse, is, For among them are those who enter into households and captivate silly women, weighed down with sins, and led about with various or diverse lusts. Amen. For among them are those. It's saying that among the people who deny godliness, the power, and have a form of godliness, are those also who enter into households. And when they enter into those households, they captivate silly women. The New American Standard Version says, weak women, weighed down with sins led on by various impulses. Mercy. Now, many years ago, a group of people went on a dawn broadcast. And during the dawn broadcast, they encountered a fellow who was drunk, and the person was misbehaving. So one of the ladies in the team said to the man, don't be silly. And the man said, you, you just finished preaching. Are you insulting me? And the lady said, no, it's just a piece of advice. So please, this morning is not an insult. It's just a piece of advice. Daughter, don't be silly. Hallelujah. So turn to the person next to you and say, daughter, don't be silly. Now, what does it mean to be silly? To be silly is to lack thought understanding or judgment to be foolish or to be simple to lack thought to lack understanding to lack judgment or to be foolish and simple it also means to be simple and to be silly are synonymous it means to be inconsiderate 
unwary. You are, you, 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 you don't, you are, you are not attentive to anything. Artless, guileless, unsuspecting. Those who through want of knowledge and experience act rashly and unwisely are silly people. And in our modern parlance, maybe we would say to be clueless. You know, some people are clueless. Once I was at the British High Commission, um, because our youth camp was going to the UK, and um, these days you just hand in your documents. You don't see the person face to face. You hand in your documents. Based on the evidence you give, they grant you the visa, or they say come for an, uh, an interview or not. You know, and so your, your things and the response and everything is in a brown envelope. So we're standing out there, you know, and the way the people were saying, move here, they killed this. Oh, it's only poverty that will bring us to this point. Then there was a guy who had come out of the place with a brown envelope. And uh, you can't open it indoors. So when he stepped out, then he opened the envelope. When he opened the envelope, oh, he started to kneel down, kiss the ground, dance in the presence of all these white people. I was very angry. <laughs> and I thought that even if you are happy, try and have a little discretion, a little decorum. Be a bit aware of what is around you, but you have left yourself totally unguarded. And then the white guy said to his friend, that shows he's not coming back. But they had already given it to him. He was waving his hand, dancing. Oh! He praised and worshiped in front of me, kissing the ground as if heaven has, has come to him. And I think that that person was a clueless person. Because at least, you know, even if you are happy, try and celebrate in the presence of friends, not in the presence of enemies. But the person had left himself completely. And sometimes that's when we say that you are unguarded. Hallelujah. And the Bible is saying that these silly women, they allow certain people to creep in into their homes unawares. And I want to ask us this morning, what are the things in our lives that we allow to creep in? And things creep in usually quietly. They creep in without anybody noticing them or noiselessly. And then before you know, they get into our lives. Now the Bible is saying that they come into our homes. And some of you will say, oh, lady pastor, but those are homes. How does it apply to us? Let's look at Matthew 12. Matthew chapter 12. Are we there? Reading from verse 30, 43. Now, when the unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through waterless places, seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds it unoccupied, swept, and put in order. 
Then it goes and takes along with it seven other spirits, more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there. And the last state of that man becomes worse than the first. That is the way it will also be with this evil generation. Hallelujah. Now, in this context, your life or your, your life is being compared to a house. Amen. And the Bible says that when the unclean spirit goes out, it goes out all right. It passes through waterless places, seeking rest. The unclean spirit looks. Is there any sign to show that there's a vacancy in this hotel? Is there any light flashing to show that there's a vacancy in this motel? And as it goes round through waterless places, seeking a place of rest, it doesn't find any. Then it says, even demons believe in the power of confession. And they speak to themselves. And they speak things. Hallelujah. The woman with the issue of blood, the Bible says, as she said within herself, if I will by touch his garment, I shall be made whole. So it's important to say things to yourself because even demons say things to themselves. It says, I will return to my house from which I came. That house is your life. But it feels that it has ownership rights, occupancy rights over you. She said, I will return to my house. Mine is possessive. I will return to my house. It says to itself, from which I came. If it were your house, why did you leave? Why were you ejected? And when it comes, it finds it unoccupied, swept and put in order. Many Christians have swept their lives. Many Christians have put their house in order, but it is unoccupied. Hallelujah. Many years ago, you know, we had a prayer meeting and a lady just in the school of hygiene, when the church had just about started, a lady just fell on the floor throughout the meeting. And so when we ended the meeting, she was picked up to the medical school hostel, which was Bishop's room, and then Dr. Nosh's room was next door. So when we took her to Bishop's room, I went next door to talk to Pastor Nosh and his beloved, I think. Then this lady was in Bishop's room with her roommates. They were both in the nursing training college. And as she lay there, she came round. So my beloved came to call me. Now the lady has come round, but she looked like somebody in a trance. So we said, um, my husband was okay. I said, you taught me that when there's anything like that, like a demonic manifestation, you must ask the demon, what is your name? So he asked the, so I said, ask, what is your name? So he asked the demon, what is your name? We even had it on tape. The demon said, my name is lust, hatred, and confusion. No, fear, hatred, and confusion. Is it fear? There was fear as well. There was lust, there was confusion, and there was hatred. Then... My husband said, come out in Jesus' name. Then the demon said, oh, I'm not coming out. This place has been my home for a long time. Do you know when I came here? I've been here for a long time. 
My husband said, you come. And the demon was like playing games. And the bishop said, let's just speak in tongues and give praises to God. And when we were doing that, the demon started to be restless to the lady, you know. Very restless. Ah, 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 I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. It was a spirit of fear, said, which was the first one. So where will you go to? Oh, I'll go to surgical ward. Room number five. There's a guy there called Mr. Kofi Amponsem. I have a home there. I will go there. And Bishop said, no, you will not go to that place in Jesus. I remember it was the spirit of fear. Yes, but before then, huh? He said, where will you go? So oh, I'll come out, I'll come out, I'll come out. The bishop said, you will not go into Sister Adelaide. That was me. And the demon said, ha, are you sure? Are you sure? In those days, I used to fear everything. I thought, oh, this is just, you know, like pet fear. But when the demon said, are you sure? I am in the team casting now. You say, are you sure? I started to speak in tongues. I came out of my shandana. Then Bishop said, you will not go to, to sister. He said, okay, okay, okay. And where will you go? I'll go to Mr. Kofi Apoesem. Surgical ward number five. Because I have a place there. I have a home there. I have accommodation. When somebody is coming to visit you and you don't have space. You don't have a sofa bed. <laughs> you don't have an extra room. No matter what you do, the person cannot come because the place is occupied. But when the place is unoccupied, things can enter into your life. And the Bible says silly women who allow these type of men to creep in, to come in unawares. And as women, there are many things we allow to come into our lives through television through soap operas through the type of company we keep through the type of conversations we hold our lives become unoccupied unoccupied in the sense that there's no proper tenant there it is swept <laughs> it's been put in order but it is unoccupied by any spiritual army Hallelujah. Silly women who allow such people to creep into their homes. I want to ask you this morning, what have you allowed to creep in? Sometimes it's certain thoughts that are not helpful to you. Sometimes it's even the spirit of fear and we think that fear is a nice thing. It's not fornication. It's not abortion. It's only fear, lady pastor. But fear is one of the worst spirits you could ever have in the room of your life. The demon said, after wandering about in waterless places, seeking a place of rest, he said to himself, I will go to the house from whence I came. And when it came, it found the place swept in order but unoccupied. Many of us, our hearts, our lives, unoccupied. And when it's unoccupied, anything that comes knocking at the door will come in. And when you are silly, you are unguarded. You are just the anything that will come should come. 
When you are silly, you don't exercise any force or violence. You are, your guards have gone home. You are clueless. You have left yourself, as we say in Ghana, totally. And when that happens, Satan creeps in. Satan does not come with fanfare and commercials and a brass band. No, he knows that you are a child of God. So he comes in creeping. Hallelujah. And if we want to be overcomers of silliness, we have to begin to be on guard. Hallelujah. The Bible says that unless when you come to a place and there's a strong man, unless you bind the strong man, you cannot take away his goods. But many of us, we don't have any security guards in our hearts and in our lives. So whatever Satan wants to come for, he can come for. Many of us don't believe the Bible when it says that do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. You may be good, but bad company will corrode. The, good, the fact that we are in the same church doesn't mean you should move in that crowd. That crowd will destroy you. Hallelujah. I made that choice many years ago not to work with a certain crowd. And if you're, you yourself speak in a certain way, usually you are not attractive to certain people. Because when they come with their gossip, they say, oh, you don't even have to announce, but they see that you are not interested. Or you say something contrary. Oh, are you sure? You know, sometimes you can judge people, but it may not really be that. Then immediately the conversation is not being fertilized. Hallelujah. So the conversation does not grow and it does not flourish. But many of us, we feel that, oh, I just want to be friendly and nice. Nothing can affect me. In the book of Timothy, Paul said to Timothy, be an example unto believers. It means that there are some believers who are just in purity, in conversation, in love. In, you can be an example to believers. The fact that the person is a believer doesn't mean you should flow together. The person will corrupt your good more. You are good, but your goodness will be corrupted. And when it is corrupted, it will become evil. Silly women who allow people to creep in unawares. Hallelujah. And then the Bible says that when they allow these people to creep into their homes, they are taken captive. What does Kim James say? I think he uses the word captivate or captive. Led captive. Huh? Is that what he says? Led captive. So the thing has to creep in. When it has space, then it begins to exert authority. Hallelujah. And then you become captivated. We sing a song, captivate my heart. When you are captivated, you can't reason anymore. When your husband was giving you raps, you were captivated. That is why you couldn't see certain things. Hallelujah. Captivate my heart. But when we are singing it to God, we don't mean it. That he should captivate our hearts. No. It's not real. And I believe that God even ignores a lot of our worship because he knows that we think he's somebody with raps that we are coming to. To captivate or to be held captive is to be imprisoned. To be immobilized. When something takes over your freedom, you have been captivated. When your liberty is taken and you are unable to escape, 
then you are taken into bondage. Turn to the lady next to you and say, daughter, don't be silly. Hallelujah. We become powerless. And the things that we have allowed to creep in become powerful. And we are taken into bondage. And then the Bible says that weighed down with many sins. One of the most unpopular topics in the church today is holiness. The Bible says you shall be holy. For I, the Lord your God, I am holy. And God's standards have not changed. Silly women weighed down with many sins. You know the Bible says in Romans 12, laying aside every weight and the sin, the sin, that so easily, not the ones that have difficulty, not the ones that take time, but the ones that so is not even easily, so easily besets us. Many times we don't call sin, sin. We call it other things. Fear is insecurity. Um, fornication is what? Promiscuity or something. I mean, a nice word that doesn't make us face the facts. And like Lady Pastor Elaine was saying, when it's jealousy, we say, oh, it's just that I'm worried about my own life. It's not that I'm being jealous. And I'm, we don't call sin what it is. And therefore, we are not able to confront it. But God never meets you and leaves you the same. That is why even though Jacob was a supplanter and a deceiver, God never left him that way. Hallelujah. He is the greatest man to be deceived. You choose a wife and you are given something else. Hallelujah. And for seven years, he labored. And when he came to the time to reap, he was given a different wife from what he desired, what he had asked for. And after that, he says that Laban changed his wages ten times. Sometimes things are happening in our lives. We don't want to remember where it came from. We say, ah, this is not what I have sown that I should reap. Who said? And then when he's about to cross over into the promised land, the Bible says the Lord met him and wrestled with him. God will wrestle with you until you become what he wants you to be. And God changed his name because his identity was no longer a supplanter, but a prince with God. But it takes a wrestling for God to bring you to that point. Hallelujah. And we have to face our sins, look them in the face and say, it is hatred. It is lust. It is jealousy. It is envy. It is unforgiveness. It is bitterness. Don't let's say, oh, you know, she really wrapped me the wrong way, lady pastor. She wrapped you the wrong way, and the effect is that you have become unforgiving. <laughs> Hallelujah. And these sins weigh us down. And we don't see why we are not soaring. And we don't see why we are not at the place that God wants us to be. Weighed down with many, not few sins, many silly women. A silly woman is weighed down with many sins. Hallelujah. It's time to look out into our lives and to be pure. You know, one of the things that God has been ministering to be blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. 
Because I want to go deeper into the things of God. I want to see God. I want to see more aspects of God. And the Lord said to me, blessed are the pure in heart. And the heart is often something you cannot even see. Because when we come, we all look dainty. We all look so sweet, you know. And that's what the brothers see. When they see us, how is it? Praise the Lord, brother. It's okay, brother. And when the brothers see, they say, oh, I will marry her. Deception. We are first class. And sometimes we can't stand ourselves as women because we can see your trick. So when we see, I mean, what, what is she trying to? Whatever. What, 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 what is she trying to do? Silly women weighed down with many sins. When you are weighed down, you can't run. When you are weighed down, your sin will beset you. Therefore, laying aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. If it's fear, it is an evil spirit. If it is fear, it is not of God. It is, if it is fear, it is lack of trust in Almighty God. Then we have to face it. Sometimes we've been Christians for a long time. We really love God and it's difficult to admit that there's ugliness in us. Hallelujah. And sometimes, even though God sees everything, we argue with him. Oh God, don't call it jealousy. Oh God, it's not hatred. Oh God, it cannot be. And we feel condemned. But it's rather when we own up to our sins that we attract his mercy. Hallelujah. The Bible says that he who hideth his sins shall not be forgiven. But he who confesses and forsakes them shall receive mercy. Hallelujah. There's mercy available, but we can only tap into it if we are honest with ourselves. Silly women, weighed down with many sins and led about with diverse lusts. Lust is a strong desire, strong emotion, strong feeling and sentiment for something. Anything that is above the ordinary is lust because that sentiment will drive you. And as women, we are led about with many emotions. And when it really comes to our emotional things, the word of God is set aside. And the emotions take over. Let me ask you this morning, what leads you? It's not what leads you when there's no storm. What leads you in the time of distress? What leads you in the time of anger, frustration, and betrayal? What leads you in the time of offense? Is it your emotions? You see, the same things that enrich our lives are the same things that bring us down. We are emotional, and it's a good thing. It's good to feel. It's good to know how to be happy and to, I mean, to feel. We are not cardboard and wood. Amen. But your strength is also your weakness. The same thing that makes you go forward is the same thing that goes overboard and becomes your weakness. Hallelujah. And we are led about with diverse lusts, emotional excursions. When our emotions take over, the things that we will say, and not mean. 
And then afterwards, we sit and say, how did I get here? <laughs> how did I come here? I started this journey from this point. How come I'm now here, led about, unsteady, unstable, led about? It didn't say led, oh, about. Anywhere, you just manifest. With diverse lusts. Hallelujah. And we go, it's oh, lady pastor, I have a crush on him. Oh, something is happening to me. Based on nothing. <laughs> Sometimes you look at the type of brother coming for some your proper sister. He's hey. Led about. Daughter, don't be silly. Amen. Sometimes when something happens, you won't sit down and think through. No, 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 no. She did this. I must give her my peace of mind. I must say, who does she think she is? When you finish, you say, oh, did I do that? Did I say that? You go on an excursion, led about. This, this is where you are going, but about, about, about. Led about. Not with one type of lust, to diverse. Diversification. Decentralization. We are led about with diverse lust. Sometimes it's depression. We sit in it. When we are sad, we sit in our depression. And then we cry. You know, when I was a child, if my mother beat me, I would cry to make her sad for beating me like that. I would cry. The woman would not mind me. Cry, cry, cry. Then at a point, the tears will be finished. Go and look at my eyes in the mirror. <laughs> to see if it's swollen so that she will see. But it wouldn't change her. Let her about. <laughs> With diverse lust. Sometimes we know that this thing makes me sad. And instead of controlling the sadness, we sit in it. And then we begin to play sad songs to accentuate the sadness. <laughs> It's good to cry when you are sad. But please, let it end somewhere. Hallelujah. And then when we get depressed, it also affects our thought life. We begin to think. You see this man, what he has done to me? If only our pillows could talk, they would reveal a lot of secrets. And if only our minds would shout, they would reveal a lot of insults. You know, I was listening to Reverend John John Austin, the older one, some years ago, he was saying that he's very grateful that God doesn't answer all his prayers. Because when he's very angry with his wife, he prays that she will be shut in the wardrobe, the closet, never come out again, and all that. Then after a few minutes, the beast has gone, and there's peace. He said, God, if you were to answer all my prayers, God himself would be led about. <laughs> Amen. So many times, we thank God for unanswered prayers. Hallelujah. Many times people come, Lady Pastor, like this one was panting. Where did you go? I gave her a good beating. Oh, I sound one. When you advise, as you see, marriage is not easy. It's true this is how you feel. It's true you have been violated, your rights or whatever. But let time pass. 
Think about it properly before you take a step. No. No, lady pastor, this is my decision. And I'm going for it. Even when a brother proposes to you, you are led about. You won't think about the thing properly. So, he's short. He's short. He's not my type. You don't even give the person a chance. Because you are led about by Mills and Boone. Led about by things that should not lead you about. When a thought occurs to us, the Bible says, casting down imaginations. Not encouraging and entertaining imagination, but casting down. It means that imaginations go up high. But you must do the casting down. And every high thing, there are many high things that exalt themselves, including our emotions, above the knowledge of God. I feel this way, that's it. It's a higher thing. Every high thing that exalts itself. The thing exalts itself. Above the knowledge that you have of God. Casting down. You must do the casting down of that spirit of depression. That spirit of what if. What could have been. What should have been. And what might have been. We stay at that junction. Oh, if only I had not made, made this decision. Oh, if only I had not married this man. Oh, if I, you have married him already. So find ways of moving on. <laughs> Instead of the if only junctions. What should have been, what could have been, led about. I think you are in it. You know, sometimes people cry. They, they cannot think beyond what they are doing. Sometimes I get a call. There was a particular lady. She doesn't speak. One able. Who is speaking? Who is on the phone? What's your name? Then she'll hang up. I'll go back to bed. 3 a.m. My phone will ring again. This time the cries are louder. Who is speaking? No, no voice. It is probably, usually it's the next day. Then the husband would tell me, it's my wife who called you. And then when I would call her and talk to her, what happened? You know, you must go about it this way. The word of God says this. She won't do it. And she's not, she's not, she's not somebody with an aggressive personality. She's very cool, but she won't do it. You understand? <laughs> she, just will not, <laughs> she just will not do it. Now counsel her. Her husband also was very hot-tempered. So when he's also angry, he also will manifest. Let about. So I said to the man, you too, your temper is too, lady pastor, I know, but, you know, I'm trying. But this lady, she would always do what she wants to do. She would not come to church. She would call many people, tell them this is what has happened. The man has done this. The man has a very bad reputation in the church. In fact, he told me that he wants to leave and go to a branch because the things that have been said. But when you're a bit experienced in marriage, you don't take everything you hear just face value. One person has said. So that's it, you know. But some people who think they are mature but immature do that. You know, and this lady went on with all her emotional things. But the husband said that, Lady Pastor, have you ever asked yourself what she says? Before I also manifest and the crying will start. Lady, sometimes we must take a whole picture, not just the, the little... And so one day, he recorded. 
what had happened. And on this record, this my quiet sister was facing him fully. With what? Words I cannot mention. And on that day when he recorded it, the system was on and he happened to hit her. And then it ended up at Waju, Women and Juvenile Unit. So they were there. And the lady was saying that, I didn't provoke him. I didn't, he just hit me. In fact, she was running or something. Then the gate, she tripped. You know, but then the story was changed. Not knowing that her husband had recorded this. So she actually took her husband to court. Nowadays in Ghana, when you take your husband to women and juvenile unit, they take you to court. The marriage is usually over. Because the men say, I mean, how can she take me to court? This one was detained for a day or two. Said that it's okay, she should go her way. But even then, he was still prepared to make the marriage work. But the lady wouldn't. At a point, I call her, she doesn't come. Bishop calls her, she doesn't come. Anybody who calls her, she doesn't come. But she cries all the time. <laughs> Led about. Led about. And I kept telling her, look, it's true that you have a problem, but you can overcome it. You know? You can overcome it if you just cooperate with your husband because your husband still loves you and he's trying. You two try so that you meet each other halfway. Try. But there was no such thing. But every time crying and complaining to people around. You know, and now the marriage is over. <laughs> and even when the husband filed the divorce, I said, don't do that. God's word does not permit that. And when I said that, he stopped. He said, so lady, first, what should I do? I said, talk to your wife to come back so that you start. So he stopped the proceedings, went to call the wife. And said, Sister Mami says that we should try and get together. Are you interested? <laughs> That's all. <laughs> no answer. No answer. And in between two, sometimes she'll just be there, she'll go and visit her husband. You see, marriage is a very difficult to break, thing to break. Because later then I wasn't hearing from this guy. So I saw him on the road one day. I said, hey, why are things better? <laughs> oh, lady pastor. In the midst of the divorce, things are going. <laughs> so I called and I said, look, instead of following your emotions, how you feel, and come, because now you are coming like a girlfriend. You come, you bring food, and other things happen, then you go. What is that? And meanwhile, when they call them in court, they stand and everybody is bored. And so it's... It doesn't make sense. Let about. But now the divorce is through and they are truly divorced. It's over. The marriage was blessed in the church. We knew both of them in the church. And the husband said, you know, Lady Pastor, what attracted me to her was that she was in the tapes ministry. And she used to sell tapes. So when I come, she said, oh, buy this one. But when I married her, I realized that she has not even listened to one message before. <laughs> Led about unoccupied lives and unoccupied hearts. Hallelujah. Led about with various desires and emotional excursions. Thoughts about people that are not true. Thoughts about your husband that has another side, but you have made up your mind. I always tell ladies, you know, you say that I think I'm right, but leave a little window that I could be wrong. Because not everything is so watertight. Hallelujah. So I think I'm right, but in a spirit of humility, I could be wrong. Hallelujah. 
silly women. Led about with diversity. You know the Bible says the older women should teach the younger women, among other things, to be sober. The New American Standard Version says to be sensible. And sober is when your emotions are not led about. You are sober. You are controlled. Hallelujah. And we must come to that place. The Bible says it is better when a man can control his spirit than for him to rule even a city. Because when you can control your spirit or your emotions, you will go very far. Hallelujah. Now let's turn our Bibles to Matthew 26. And see what we can do with our various desires and our various emotions and how we feel. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 26. Are you there? Verse 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch with me for one hour. Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again a second time and prayed, saying, My father, if this, cannot pass, if this cup cannot pass away unless I drink it, thy will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them again and went away and prayed a third time, saying, The same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Behold, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Arise, let us be going. Behold, one who betrays me is at hand. Hallelujah. Here we see Jesus in intense emotional turmoil. And in verse 37, the Bible tells us, he began to be grieved and distressed. What does King James say? Sorrowful and very heavy. Even though he was the son of God, he also had his deep emotional and traumatic experiences. He began to be sorrowful, the son of God. And heavily, he began to be and very heavy. He began to be troubled. The New American Standard Version says that he began to be grieved and distressed, sorrowful and troubled. 
And we all get to that place where we become sorrowful, where we become troubled. Some of us, when we are troubled, that's when we argue the most. Some of us, when we are troubled, that's when we get angry. Some of us, when we are troubled, that's when we become silent. Some of us, when we are troubled, that's when we cry. He began to be grieved and distressed or sorrowful and heavy. Hallelujah. But what did Jesus do when he found himself in such a situation? He sought time alone with God. You need time to process your emotions. And you need time to be alone. In order not to be led about by diverse lusts. Now the Bible says that, verse 39, he went a little further. New American Standard Version says he went a little beyond them. You need to go forward and not backward in your emotional distress. He went further. Most of us, we either stay in the place and sink deeper and down, but he went further. And we also must learn to go further when we find ourselves emotionally distressed. Your emotions are not necessarily the reality. Hallelujah. He began to be sorrowful and heavy. He began to be grieved and distressed. And he didn't hide it. He told the disciples exactly how he felt in verse 38. My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. That is how sorrowful you can become. That is how troubled you can become to the point of death. You see, I love the Bible because it doesn't mince words. It tells us about Abraham's frailties, the mistakes he made. He tells us about David, the mistakes he made. He tells us about Zechariah that he doubted when God spoke, but God still worked on them to bring them to that place where he wanted them to be. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat of the good of the land. The Bible says, hallelujah. So Jesus accepted the reality of his emotions and how he felt. And you must tell God how you feel. And you must tell other people who are godly and you trust how you feel. Jesus told his disciples, he didn't think that I would become a lesser man. When I'm saying, I'm deeply grieved and distressed, you know, the people would think that I'm not a man of God and the people would think I'm a weak person and the people would, be, would think I'm not a woman of faith. And no, he was the son of God, but he expressed how he felt. And when you express how you feel, it can be therapeutic. Amen. Half your problem is solved when you express how you feel. But when you bottle it in, it eats up into you. And we never know what is going on. Just letting out. Job said, I will let it out so that I don't burst. So just letting out is healing. But be careful who you let out to. Because instead of going to the throne, you go to the phone. And talk to people you shouldn't talk to. And then they add to it. Oh, that's for men. That's how they are. Men are not pillows to put your head on. My mother was talking to her friend. She said, hmm, even when a man comes after you, and after that you are married, how is it? Then now you are going to propose to a man. She was telling somebody. 
You know, but just speaking brings healing. And over the years, I've heard my mother speak to many people. Sometimes her friends, but I believe that she's a godly woman and a woman of wisdom. So she has always spoken wisdom. And somehow it affects me. She, most of the time, she's not talking to me directly. But she's just talking to her friend on the phone or in the car. And then I hear all the tidbits. You know, she told one friend, you are going to tell a man that another woman is not good. He will not believe you. Don't bother. But when he goes and goes and goes and goes, he will hit the wall and then he will come back. But he won't tell you that I saw. <laughs> you will just see that he has changed his direction. So be careful who you talk to. But Jesus spoke to his disciples because he knew that there were people he could trust. And even though he was the son of God and he was their leader, he came down to how he felt. Amen. And then pray. The last thing you feel like doing when you are emotionally distressed is to pray. But pray. Hallelujah. It is a silly woman who will not pray. Pray, even in the midst of your temptation. Pray. In the, sometimes that is why I'm happy for the gift of speaking in tongues. Because you don't even have to string all that you feel and all that you don't understand. You just have to let it come out. And be yourself before God. Weeping before God strengthens you to stand before men. Hallelujah. And many times I have been driven to God. And I always say every woman must have me time. Every day you are looking after husband, looking after children, bringing paycheck home. It's time to also schedule yourself on the schedule. And say this time is going to be me time. And the me time helps you to process. I have a place in Accra I go to when I want me time. And sometimes when I'm going, my husband and my children will be asking me, so where are you going? So where exactly are you going? I go to the office and say, I have one or two things to do in town. Hey, what are these one or two? Things? Oh, I'll be back by five. I don't answer in my own way. And then when I go there, I realize that when I park my car in front of the house, there's an office there. Many people come in there. They come and say hello to me. Hello, Samaria. I don't feel like talking. So now I park on the back lawn so that the car is not seen. Then I take my CD, my DVD, my book, and I just go and have me time. And sometimes I also order very nice food for me time. Very, very nice food with a nice drink. So when I finish talking and if I have to cry, it's not every time I go to cry, but sometimes if I have to cry after I've finished all that, then I sit like a queen. I enjoy myself. When I finish, I say, ah, this food is nice. I wipe my mouth nicely and I sit in my car. I come home or to the office ready to face the world. Hallelujah. You need me time. But every time, you know, we are giving, we are nurturing, we are, and we even feel guilty when we find time for ourselves. We feel guilty. But if you are not well, all the other areas will not be well. Amen. So put yourself on a schedule that Wednesday this time, I'm going. Then sometimes my office people will be calling me and the phone is switched off. Or on silent. 
When my Lord calls, I respond. He says, so where are you that you are not saying? I said, oh, somewhere, somewhere. I'll come soon, somewhere. So I don't enjoy this. Where are you? Once in a while I say, sometimes I say, oh, I'm leaving here soon. I'm on my way. But I don't want him to say that he's in the area. <laughs> I'm in the area. I just came and it's, it, he's likely to be in the area. <laughs> so I'll come and look for him. No, 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 no. This is me and my God. Hallelujah. Focus on the truth of God's word and not the facts. The facts are that you are going to be crucified. The facts are that the Roman soldiers will have you. The facts are that you are going to be crucified naked and you are going to go through so much. It is reality. But don't focus on that. Focus on the truth of God's word. Sometimes you may not know the word by heart or by rote, but open to the place in the Bible that speaks to your situation and preach to yourself. You know, there were times when I even have to buy something for myself, I would feel guilty because I feel, you know, no, I have to buy for my husband, buy for my children, buy for, I, I thought, I don't have enough. How can I? I should be the last person that tries to feel guilty. And then I started to preach to myself. I said, no. The Lord said, he came that you may have life. Listen to it, mommy, and have it more abundantly. You are not doing anything wrong. You've always been buying for husband, children, house help. Now, give yourself a treat. Be happy. Be happy. I find myself up. And after I preach to myself, I'm blessed. Yeah. Amen. Focus on the truth of God's word and not the facts. Be frank with God. Amen. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass. It means that I'm not happy about the situation. I wish it were not this way. But many of us say, oh, if it's the will of God, hey, it's a process before you come to that place where you easily accept God. So it's not easy. Jesus said, if it is possible, let this cup pass. That's my first request. My first request that I'm the son of God and everything, but this cup, I don't feel like drinking it. Be frank with God. The Bible says frank talk with God hurts nobody. I tell the women, go into your closet and insult your husband to God. Lord, I think he's a foolish man. I think he's insensitive. I think he doesn't care. God, look at what he did the last time. And I... God understands. Yeah. When you are finished, say, Lord, I myself, I need help. <laughs> Amen, ladies. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's turn our Bibles to Proverbs 16, verse 32, and we are closing. Led about with diverse lusts. Are we there? Proverbs 16, 32. And then there's one last verse I think we should read. Ephesians 4:14. And then Proverbs 16. Are we there? Let's read the Proverbs first because it's in the Old Testament. And then we can read the... Are we there? Proverbs 16. It's 32. All righty. 
does it say? I just quoted it to you. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules a spirit than he who captures a city. Self-control in our emotions. So that when the people came to get Jesus, Peter, you see, when the Lord said, watch and pray, he didn't. So when the people came, his emotions were very high. That's why he cut the ear. And Jesus said, that's not what I've come for. Put your sword away. And Jesus healed the man. Not because he wanted to die so much, but because he had processed his emotions and come to the place where God has strengthened him to accept God's will. Then Ephesians 4.14 says that you be no more children tossed to and fro. Ephesians 4. Verse 14. That you be no more children tossed to and fro. This Bible says here and there. About. Tossed about by waves. And carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness, in deceitful speaking, scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects unto him, who is the head, even Christ. If we are tossed to and fro too often, we are children. It shows how immature we are. It's children who are led by their emotions. They can lose God anywhere. They do poo-poo, pee-pee anywhere. Artless, gowless, clueless. It doesn't matter. They just manifest. And that's how some of us are. But the Lord is calling us to that place that we be no more children. Tossed to and fro. Sad, happy, joyful, distressed, depressed, happy. Roller coaster life. We cannot help feeling some of the emotions but we can help to manage them. We can manage, control our emotions because God has given us the power to do so. Hallelujah. Sometimes you are brokenhearted. Sometimes you've been betrayed like Jesus. It's all true. But process it and move on. Move forward. Go a little further. Hallelujah. But when you are always tossed to and fro, of course you are a toddler when you are walking you stumble a bit, then you keep, but your work must be progressive. It must be towards improvement. God does not mind your stumbling sometimes, but he's saying that let your steps become firmer as you go along, that we be no more children, tossed to and fro, here and there, and led about by every wind, oh, every wind that blows. Even in Ghana, it's happening, every wind. Women are going to Achimota Forest, to have prophets pray for them. And then the prophets say, you are married to a spirit, which represents the clothes you are wearing. So take off your clothes and be naked so that we will lay hands on certain vital parts. And then after that, we'll give you a new robe so that you will be married fully and newly. And that will release you to marry. How pathetic. And many of us, we are led about out of neediness. Women, whatever our need is, will be led about, carried about. Every wind of doctrine can blow you. 
but it's knowing the truth and the truth sets us free. And I pray that every silliness will leave our lives and we'll come to the place where we'll be no more children, no more. And if you are no more a child, you become an adult. I believe that the world has become a very tricky place. And it's difficult sometimes to even decipher the truth. Even I who have walked with the Lord for some time, these days, things, I have to think about it, check the scriptures, and know, like, where the flow is. When I was in Holland, somebody said to me, um, oh, lady pastor, I went for a prophetic meeting, and, you know, the prophet doesn't know me from anywhere. And he said that you are a married man. You live with your wife, but both of you are like tenants. You have not done anything between the two of you for four years. And as you stand, you stand alone. And you people are thinking of divorce. But you know the problem with your wife is that she is married in the spirit. That is why she has not been flowing with you in the bedroom. Now I'd heard the same prophetic word before. From this same source in similar meeting. And because of that, wives were being divorced. Because now they said, you are married to somebody else. The Lord says that he hates adultery, so go to somebody else. Real life, people I know. Because when he told me, I said, the prophecy is true. But you must, may be true, the facts. But you must see where it's leading you to. Is it leading you to obey God? Or is it leading you to go against the word of God? You have to process it to know. That we be no more children. Toss to and fro. 2 Timothy 3 says, led about. This one says, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. You know, some winds are not even strong, but they blow you. Why? Because you don't have depth. Unoccupied and Daughter, don't be silly. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand to your feet. Hallelujah. I want us to talk to God. I want us to tell him, show us how to stabilize our emotions. Sometimes it's even premenstrual syndrome. It is a feeling, it's an emotion, but it can be controlled. He who rules his spirit is better than he who has taken a city. I want us to talk to God like Jesus spoke to God. And I want us to say, Lord, we want to be more stable as women. We don't want to be tossed to and fro by every desire, every emotion, every wind of doctrine. We want to become stable in you. Lord, may we be grounded and rooted in your love so that nothing will be able to move us. Surround me, oh.
and you want to say, Lady Pastor, pray for me. I want to believe God for a touch. You're here like that. I just want you to slip your hand up.
soul. I speak rest. I speak rest to the issues of your life. In Jesus' name. The peace of God that passes all understanding. Let it be your portion. Receive the ministration that comes from you. Thank you, Jesus. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The Lord is wiping away your tears. Receive it. Receive the love of God. May you know the love of God. May you experience the love of God. May you comprehend what the love of God is.
I pray by the spirit of depression and sorrow and distress. And I pray.
feeling it. It's oh, may you know the love of God. May you know the security that comes to great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Rev. Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.